about that time. For the inside trip. You know that nasty trip. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Are you ready? You better be ready, bro. Because you're about to get inside trip. And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? What's up, wrestling fans? Yes, we are back again. Episode number 44 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. The Thanksgiving Special Edition episode, right? We could call it the Thanksgiving that's Special right. ep- Episode, right? Day before Thanksgiving that, today? That's right. So, you know, the Thanksgiving episode where we're all happy and all wrestlers are sad. Do you remember Thanksgiving when you were a wrestler, dude? It was miserable. It really was. I hated it. I I used to go over to my aunt and uncle's house, and I would have to weigh myself on their scale just to make sure I was – like, I remember I was like – I think I was 103 uh, my junior year, and I had to go check, and I was like – I weighed 111 before I ate. I was like, oh, this ain't good because we had to compete in like three days. Yep. Like, oh, man, dude. I've, so to all you wrestlers out there that got to make weight over Thanksgiving, I feel for you, but at the same time – Hey, we all did it, so... <laughs> Suck it up. So, so this glass of wine sitting in front of me and all the sweets and the turkey and the stuffing that I'm going to eat tomorrow, you know, I earned it. Oh, I can't I can't begin to tell you. I took the day off work today, and it was glorious. In here, baby. My wife is in the kitchen cooking pies and Where getting she things be. ready. And I cracked a beer at about 1 o'clock, and I was like, this is the life. Just the house smelled good. Yeah. You, you know, nothing smells better than that sweet pumpkin aroma just... Just kind of just wafting through the house. That's right, man. I tell you what. You like that word wafting, nope. don't you? I, I do like wafting. My wife's, my wife's down there. Um, I got the in-laws in town for Thanksgiving, and they're all cooking. Your wife's down there wafting? No. <laughs> Is that Shut what you're going to say? And, and, you know, we got the fire going. And I was off today, too, so I switched from mesh shorts to sweatpants when I had to go out of the house. And then when I got back to the house, I switched back into mesh shorts. So uh, it's a little nice change of pace from the suit that I wear. So it's yeah. it's nice to be off today love it and you know thanksgiving so, to, you know shout out to shout out to our listeners hope they all have a happy thanksgiving right cheers brandon cheers to you ben happy thanksgiving to everyone hope you guys have a wonderful holiday anyway as i said this is the inside trip wrestling podcast episode number 44 we've actually put out a few episodes in a relatively amount of, relatively short amount of time lately doing work um, son Doing some work. I hope uh, some of you had a chance to listen to the interview we just did last Sunday with uh, Kayla Miracle, who's getting ready to compete tomorrow at the U23 World Championships. So uh, we wish her the best of luck, as well as all other athletes competing in the next couple of days. That's right. Um, Hopefully they have better luck than our Greco team. Yeah, unfortunately, our Greco team last night and I checked. Shit the bed. Yeah, okay. I was going to be a little more polite about it, but no. no. We can be honest. <laughs> I, I even yeah. think uh, Le- Coach Lindland is being honest about it. You see what he said today? No, I didn't see what he said. What did he say? Uh, basically, uh, maybe it's time to start getting rid of guys who uh, aren't doing the right thing, which I'm not... I, I okay, get ready, guys, to what? Who's going to fill in for that? It's probably easier said than done with our current system, but you know what? Okay, great. Um, uh, I don't know. Is Gabe, is Gabe Dean wrestling Greco out there? I can't, uh, I don't I can't know. remember. I, mean, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't think so either. But look, I, I don't want to make this into a big Greco competition or Gre- Greco uh, um, you know, discussion, but... But you know, absent our age level guys like the Kamal Bays and stuff that have you know you know done well on the world stage and juniors and and whatnot. What have we done? We haven't had much senior success, no. and 
it's to the point where, you know, we're. It is what it is, man. Look, it is what it is. That's why I said I wish them the best of luck. The people competing over the next couple of days, I hope they have better luck than our Greco guys did because um, it wasn't the best tournament for them. So. You, you know, to, to kind of piggyback on what you said about the Kayla Miracle um, podcast, I do implore everybody out there to go listen to it. If you got, if, you know, you know, I understand obviously, and you know, we we we, we it's. You know, a lot of people are focused on men's wrestling, which we love men's, you know, wrestling. That's that's our primary focus. But, you know, through this podcast, we've really had the opportunity to start to follow women's wrestling. Brandon writes for The Open Mat. Um, he writes a, a women's wrestling article at least once a week, and they're actually fantastic. And I'm not just saying that because he's sitting here. Um, but Kayla Miracle, she is a three-time WCWA champ going for her fourth title. She's wrestling out there going for a world title for U23s. Coming up tomorrow, she's second. she's second on the ladder to Helena Rulas. She actually, you know, competed for an Olympic spot in 2016, and I tell you what, was battling. She was close to having that spot. She made the semis of the trials and then lost the match. She was up. This this girl, you know, she might be the next Helena Rulas. So, guys, go listen to that. Go listen to that podcast, guys and girls, because I, I think that it was, I I think it was really good podcast. Not only that, but. She's also a cheerleader down at Campbellsville. Yeah, she's a for cheerleader. For multiple sports, and she's on the competition cheer team, and she's a full-time student. And she carries like a 3.9 GPA in mathematics. I, I don't I don't see how she does it. But anyway, yeah, thanks, Ben. I appreciate you kind of shouting that out. Um, all right, let's get through a little business first. As we said, the Inside Trip. Um, follow us on Twitter at the Inside Trip one if you want to kind of talk wrestling or uh, banter back and forth with us. We love it. Um, if you want to send us emails, feel free to do so. We, we're getting quite a bit. Yeah, lately. we got a couple emails. It. Uh, it's the Inside Trip One at Gmail dot com. As for the podcast itself, um, you can find us at all your typical podcast locations, mostly iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, things like that. So find the podcast. You know, give it a listen. If you like it, subscribe, download, and if you really like it, maybe give us a write, a rate, or, and a review. Um, and if you don't like it, um, yeah, give us a rate and a review. We love those too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, Marcos. Uh, I believe he's from New Mexico. He yeah. kind of he, he he you know he he heard that I uh, uh, was born in New Mexico, and we kind of I, I really was a big fan of uh, the New Mexican rattler Eric Montoya. So he's been feeding us a little New Mexico uh, intel every guys once in a while. to watch. Yeah, and I, I like, like that. I like that. So Marcos, shout out. Thanks a lot for um, for hitting us up. Um, uh, who who was it else? Uh, um, Michael uh, Mander Manderfeld. Uh, hit us up about the pin chain and kind of was, you know getting our back saying hey Mike this likes is awesome. the pin chain yeah he likes like, the pin chain. like if uh, you know he was basically saying if people don't like to have fun and you know so be it and obviously JP you know he hits us up with the emails from time to time too so you know shout out to the people that have been emailing us people that hit us up on the the DMs on Twitter and the people that just interact with us because that's what makes this fun because in the end you know bottom line is we're we're just wrestling fans um, and we love to interact with all other wrestling fans. So. Completely agree. So it was awesome. So anyway, uh, that's how you can find us. Man, Ben, a lot's been going on in wrestling lately. I think last week was an amazing weekend. Um, before we get started, I gotta, I gotta air some, I gotta clear some things. I, I don't. You know. gotta air some grievances. I, I don't it's Festivus time yet, buddy. I don't know if I'm airing grievances still. or what, but uh, I'm losing faith in mankind on the interweb, dude. <laughs> you <laughs> have you not lost faith in mankind? But Donald Trump's our president, man. Jeez. And there goes half of our listeners right there. No, look, if you go to Donald Trump, that's cool. Look, I, please don't listen. <laughs> I have seen some strange shit on the interweb in my life, but it seems like in the last couple of weeks, I've seen some <laughs> stuff that just really makes me question 
what the hell is going on? So, okay, is this is this not safe for work, or are we good here? No, we're good here. I mean, right. I'm not going to say anything bad, but I literally saw an article that popped up in social media somehow the other day. <laughs> I, I don't even know what it is going to happen. Feminist soup, feminist hero bakes bread. With her yeast from her own with vagina. With her own yeast. I know. Did you see I that? I saw that. I didn't read it because I would gag. <laughs> like So feminist hero s- bakes bread with yeast from her own vagina. Yes. I think it was. Like it's, it's horrible. Like it's absolutely horrible. And to, to, to sum up the article more or less, it's. You read it? I, well, I didn't at first. When I first saw it, I basically just had to shut down the computer. Yes. <laughs> I said, I'm done. I said, I'm done. Done for the day, guys. I'm done. We'll try this one again tomorrow. So, here's a quote from the article. Oh, no, dear Lord. <laughs> she had a yeast infection. And here's a quote. <laughs> Waking up on Saturday with the familiar itchy Bernie Fanny, I giggled to myself. Maybe I could bake bread with that. And she did. She made some sourdough bread. Oh, extra sourdough, bro. What the fudge? What? I I can't help it. She giggled to herself because her fanny was itching. (laughs) Like, you can't even make this stuff up. What? And look, I get it. We're a podcast that we usually always talk about wrestling, but these are just a couple of things that have just blown my mind lately. The other one, an article just popped up today. Oh, I you like got hip- another one? I like hip hop. I like rap. All right. Yeah, you're big. You're big hip hop. I follow guy. the Up Rocks. Okay. I don't know and, what that uh, is. It's just kind of a site that puts out some articles about you know uh, particular uh, musicians and stuff out there. And there was an article that popped up about Bobby Brown. You know, Bobby Brown had a big cocaine habit back in the day. Oh, oh I read this. Did you read this? I think, um, and this might be an old. I think article. Gabe Townsend retweeted it. Did he? Okay. Maybe he did. I followed on. I follow the Uprocks on Facebook. Yeah. So. Gabe Townsend, uh, the one thirty three pounder from Stanford. Okay. So I, I followed on Facebook, but Bobby Brown's first experience with cocaine was yeah. when he made cocaine battered fried chicken when he was 10 years old. Oh God. That, his parents must've been proud. Well, I mean, his mom was the dealer in the house. Yeah. Well, you know, my question is what are parents letting a 10 year old do fry food? Right. At the age of ten years old. Right. That's dangerous. A grease fire? Yeah, exactly. Now give him the cocaine is all good, but <laughs> Jesus. So what's I gotta ask Ben, what's the strangest thing you've ever seen on the web? God, I don't know. And then we can get into some wrestling. I got nothing, man. And then we can talk to some wrestling. Talk <laughs> to some wrestling. <laughs> I got I literally got nothing, man. You know, I, I keep it pretty PG on the web. Uh I'm I, I'm gonna call BS on that, but okay. All right. You got nothing. <laughs> All right, you want to get into some wrestling? <laughs> I just can't remember all the strange shit I see on the. Well, I've literally saw both of those in the last couple of weeks. I, 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 was, I saw I actually, and I, well, I saw both of them too. So, all right, yeah, let, let's talk to some wrestling, dog. Talk to some wrestling. How about we talk about some wrestling? Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that too. All right, uh, big week in this past weekend, in my opinion, in wrestling. I thought there was a lot of stuff. Well, there was a lot of stuff going on, and one of the things that I've really enjoyed about the start to the season is that we are seeing teams. Not afraid to battle tough competition early. I love it. You know, I, I love it. This ain't this ain't your freaking, um, you know, your grandpa's duel meets. But you know, it is for some where I you're mean, going out it, and wrestling. It ain't Iowa hosting the Iowa City duels with a couple of you know. No, they, they had Buffalo and NDSU there. That's better than it used to be. In Iowa Community College. 
Yeah. But but I'm, what I'm saying is, it, 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 it's, it's better than what it used to be. Can I just take a shot at Iowa? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're missing the mark here. I know. But look, we're going to talk about Iowa more today. And yeah. I guess before we do, I got to admit, in case, honestly, in all honesty, I'm actually a, a closet Iowa fan. I know you are. I'm a Buckeye fan, but I'm a closet Iowa fan. You went Iowa to um, the Iowa intensive camps. You love Joe Twice. Williams. Twice. Yeah, dude, you're a huge freaking Iowa fan. I love those camps. I was horrible. I loved those camps back in the day, nothing's back changed. in the mid-90s. Um, but I was horrible. Yeah, nothing's changed. Um, and I even to this day, I should it, it should have been like a, a precursor to what I – it was a precursor to what I am now. I was just so much in awe with all of the big Iowa time wrestlers there. Well, that was back in the day. Then I was learning stuff. Yeah. My uh, counselor was Joe Williams. Yeah, you're not, you're not awesome. a bigger Iowa fan than Greg uh, Petroff, though, one of the dudes in our fantasy league. He's for some – I don't have an Greek. Iowa tattoo. He's got a Hawkeye tattoo. <laughs> I still don't even know the history of that. Do you remember the time we were at the NCAA tournament and we were watching the semifinals Ooh. and it was Logie and Ramos Logie in Ramos. the semifinals and we, and we were sitting, we snuck down and sat in the Iowa section and they got on, they were jumping on us and we were cheering and Greg stood up, he flashed his Hawkeye tattoo and suddenly we were like family. Yeah, everybody was like, oh, I love this guy, he got a Hawkeye tattoo. Those Iowa dumb suckers, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, they were actually super passionate fans but um but yeah uh, you're right no it, it, I, people are actually they're nutting up and they're actually well you know a lot of people are you know let's go back to arizona state they, they've traveled across the country they wrestled a tough schedule how about lehigh michigan yep. wrestling yep. um oklahoma state minnesota, minnesota penn early. state binghamton penn state uh what yeah i'm joking penn state freaking they don't wrestle anybody right now seriously they haven't wrestled anybody they went to the Keystone Classic this weekend. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, dude, they pad their stats. And then they're like, look at all these pins we get. So can I ask you this? Like, honestly, since you brought it up, is there anyone outside of Ohio State that Penn State could wrestle right now where it wouldn't look like a JV match? Yeah, I'm calling Penn State out. Go wrestle somebody. No, but, but it's a serious question here. I go don't wrestle think... Tech or go wrestle, you know, I mean, I, I don't, don't know. Think, I don't think you're hearing my question. Is there anyone that they could wrestle right now outside of Ohio State that it would not look like a JV match to them. And I say that. Here's an interesting... Can't I just take a shot at Penn State? You can. You You're allowed to take a shot at Iowa. All right, you took your shot at Penn State, but here's an interesting stat from them at the Keystone Classic. All right. All right, between Zane Rutherford, Jason Nolf, Mark Hall, and Bo Nickel, they wrestled 17 matches. Okay? There was 13 pins, three tech falls, and a major decision. That's insane. What, Chenzo? Oh, Chenzo didn't wrestle. He didn't wrestle. He was kind of a precaution. Precaution. Set out. Uh, kept him out as a precaution. Got a little injury going on. It's okay, though. But, I mean, think about well, yeah, that. Yeah, because they only have Manville to fill in if they need to. I mean, Jesus, that he, team is so deep. He's redshirting. But I'm saying if they needed to pull somebody, it's not like a Brady Burger. Well, Brady Burger's actually probably 49. But, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Look, the bottom I think line Manville is actually just wrestled an open tournament at 49. Did he really? I believe so. I thought he was 57 pounder. But, anyway, so. I mean, think about that. 17 matches between four guys, 13 pins, three techs, and a major decision. In an open tournament, all right? And how many pins? 13. And how many times did they wear a pin chain afterwards? None. And that's why chain. Ohio State's going to win the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, a lot of wrestling gone on, went on this weekend. Um, f- phenomenal, phenomenal weekend to watch wrestling. You had the Keystone Classic. You had the Roadrunner Open. Um, lots of great duels going on. Um, just a lot of stuff to follow. It was a great time. Um, yeah, one thing I'd like to talk about, we talked about, you know, we were, we said we were going to talk about Iowa a little bit. Um, I think there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the Iowa Hawkeyes right now. I, 
In my opinion, I think in the landscape of, of college wrestling with the teams, Iowa is a bit of an enigma right now. Would you agree? Disagree? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. Do you understand what the definition of enigma is? I know what an enigma is. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I agree that they're an enigma. Um, and it's almost conundrum-like because they they put out a lineup lineup at the Iowa City Duels that doesn't doesn't I mean what do you got a couple all Americans there you got Sorensen you got Cameron so I mean you're right listen you're right the, the lineup that they put out the Iowa City Duels for the most part was Stickley at 125 um, Laux Turk Sorensen Cameron Young Gunther Bowman Wilkie Stoll so I had it in front of me I might as well just run it out nope it's exactly right. Um, obviously not their best lineup that they could potentially put out. Um, in my opinion, I think this is this is going to be an interesting year for Iowa just for the fact that Tom Brands, sneaky Tom Brands, the sneaky guy he is, has he's got a few tricks up of his sleeve. You think? Up those gigantic baggy white dress shirt sleeves of his <laughs> that he could play if he's got the balls to play them. He ain't got no – look, okay – I want to talk about Iowa, and I, and I want to talk about a couple. I want to talk about it in a, in a couple of different lights. Iowa, right now, they could be a good team. They could be a trophy team. Okay, they're not even that lineup I just read to you is nowhere. I, near. I got you at three All Americans, including Sam Stoll. Okay, that's including Sam Stoll. I got you at three All Americans, possibly four with with Wilkie, because one ninety seven is very weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Certainly could happen. Certainly and, could happen. And when I say very weak, I mean not very deep. No, no. He was around the twelve guy last I year. I got you, but okay. I don't, I'm not sure he beat many people. But I'm not even sure he's the best one ninety seven on their team. Well, he's not. There's, in fact, there's two better one ninety sevens on the team. <laughs> I can think of one. I can. Well, think Pat Downey is, is last time he wrestled. It was at one ninety seven. Pat and, Downey's still enrolled at Iowa State right now, finishing classes. Okay. Well, and he wrestles for the. Okay, you're right. <laughs> Just saying. Warner's pretty good too, huh? Uh, Warner's a stud. Yeah. I mean, you saw what he did this weekend. I went out, this, wrestled in another open tournament, the Lindenwood Open this yeah. time. Uh, won his second op- open tournament. Let's save. Th- let's save this. Is that okay? Because I want. I want. I want to talk about the lineup first. Go for it. Hey, okay. So, you asked whether or not I thought it was an enigma. The answer is yes. But what do you do about it? You said they got tricks up their sleeve. What do you do about it? And that's why I asked. Why, that's why I wanted to save it because I think this is going to be part of that conversation. Well, they're going to have to make a decision. Okay, you're going to have to make a decision whether you go all in this year right. or whether you don't. And there's a few things that complicate that for them. One of them is the health of Alex Marinelli. Okay, Alex Marinelli. It's already out there. He's got an he's got a knee injury. Okay. Apparently, it's an ACL injury. The severity... That's um, bad. Is, we don't know, okay? But I do, from what I've been told, from what I understand, they expect him back by Midlands. But it doesn't matter. Here's the thing with Marinelli. Whether it's severe, not severe, whatever it is, he's already burned a red shirt. So if there's... If he can Bingo. Wrestle, if he can wrestle at all, he's got to He's got to go. wrestle. And there, there it is. And there it is. He's already burned a red shirt when he was healthy and ready to compete. Exactly. No, I completely agree with you. Completely, completely agree with you. But the other thing that really complicates this this decision for them is how healthy is Spencer Lee. You got a guy right now in Spencer Lee who, when healthy, is arguably 
one of the top three to four 125-pounders in the country. Oh, yeah. He, as a true freshman. He's an immediate title contender. Now, I'm not penciling him in for a championship. Do you need some more wine, by the way? No, I don't need more wine, Ben. Thanks. All right, cool. Um, but uh, he's an immediate title contender. But we don't know what his knee situation is. I mean, did you see that thing that they posted on, uh, uh, what is it, Move of the Week or whatever, the Iowa Move of the Week? Yeah, I saw that. I did see that. And then the, the, the girl asked, she goes, uh, you know, what's it going to be like to run out there for your first time um, in Carver Hawkeye Arena? And what are you looking forward to most? And he's like, he kind of like, uh, well, if I, if I do. And then he looks over at Morningstar and he's like, if I do, I'll, I'm looking forward to the fans. So do you think they spilled the beans or do you, do you think she just didn't know? I think she didn't know. I think, that's and, a, I think you're right. And look, he's on my fantasy wrestling team. I want him pulled for multiple reasons. And we can get into all of them. One, I want him pulled because I think that if you're healthy enough to go, you, you, you don't want Marinelli. You don't want the Marinelli effect. If you're healthy enough to go, why burner? Why waste a redshirt now when you're ready to go and then you get injured the next year? One. Two, put the best guys out there, especially because if Iowa wants a trophy, they're going to need him to wrestle. And three, he's on my fantasy team. So that's why I think I want to pull him. I don't think they spilled the beans there, but I do truly believe that they are contemplating pulling him. They have to. Of course they're contemplating. Yeah. And if they're contemplating, and if they're contemplating pulling him, and if they do pull him, then you have to pull Jacob Warner as well. You got to think to. about it. If he's ready to go, well, he's already proven he's ready to go. Yeah, he beat the hell out of Nicholas. Right? Yeah, he just wrestled in. As I was alluding to earlier, he just competed in his second open tournament. He just won his second open tournament, and in the process, in the finals, he beat the number three ranked guy in the country, and and Willie Nicholas from Missouri. I think he majored him. He did. Did you watch the match? I did watch the match. Same here. I, I think it can be flipped. <laughs> I really do. But I think that I think that Warner looked really damn good. So wow, I, I'm actually kind of shocked that you, that you came to the conclusion that the match could be flipped based on what you saw. Because from what I saw from Miklas, I kept telling myself, I really hope he's still struggling to get his wrestling back after dealing recovering from an injury. Sure. Because Warner beat him in every position on that match or on that mat. He out hustled him. He he dominated him on his feet. He he's not a Warner's not a great turner, but he hustle he he kind of gave him the hustle ride the entire match after he, after he t- would take him down. Um, he would score points on the edge of the match at will, and it was almost like Miklas was giving up. So I'm, I didn't see anything out of Miklas in that match that said I can flip this. Well, anytime you're scoring points on the edge of the mat, I think that I think that you know uh, a tweak here or there can eliminate those points. And B, I think that Miklas probably still getting used to wrestling at 197, and probably still getting used to you know. Remember, he didn't he probably couldn't train this summer because I think that he was still nursing an injury. So as he gets more training uh, under his belt. You know, marches a lo- marches a long way away. I, I I do think that you know he he had some really nice shots on Warner that he just didn't quite finish. Um, I I, th- I think I, I I like Miklas and and maybe it's just because I've seen Miklas wrestle before and I'm very impressed with him. I'm very impressed with Miklas from from years past. I'm very impressed at the fact that he was a two time All American. The only two times he's wrestled, he's um he's All American at a brutal weight class. So has he, he ever finished higher than seventh? I don't think he has. Right, uh, seventh and eighth. I can't. I can't remember. I, I don't have it on top. I don't have. For it. some uh, reason, it's it's on in my head that he's. But I'm not like saying that Warner's not great. I'm not saying Warner's not ready. But you know they got you know Miklos right now. I think is ranked uh, probably he was top. third. Is he third? Was he third? I don't so, know what it is after the this week's updates. Yeah, I mean, so he was ranked third, and now uh, now we're looking at him at third still. Um, you know, uh, above Weagles. <laughs> Look, dude, the, the, I, I like I like Miklas. 
which means that, okay, so if Warner gets pulled, where, where do you put him? You put him at three, obviously, because he beat Nicholas. Um, is he better than Hot? Probably. Probably. I'm think, not willing to say that yet. I'm I, really I, not. I think he probably is. Um, I think he probably is from what I've seen from Hot. Um, you know, Hot's kind of limited, in my opinion. I don't want to get into all that. Um, is he better than Colin Moore? I don't think so at this point. I think Colin Moore's pace could probably. I, I think that I think that Colin Moore can go with um, Warner on his feet. Um, and and I, I don't see. I, I never saw anybody, even Jaden Cox, ride Colin Moore like a dog. I never seen anybody ride Colin Moore. So no, I get it. Um, I just was curious about what you saw in that match where you think it could be flipped. Because if you're just saying that you think it could be flipped based on Miklas's history, oh, okay. I mean, I well, guess and he I, hasn't trained. I guess I can buy that. Uh, but there was nothing shown from Miklas in that match, in my opinion, that said I could flip this the next time we wrestled. Unless it's I'm still recovering from an injury. I'm still getting my my you know my feet back underneath me. Then maybe I could see that. But Warner beat him in every aspect of that match, in every stage of that match, in every position of that match. I mean, Miklas did take him down. Um, like I said, those, I gave you a couple of reasons why I think it could be flipped. So you know, you don't have to agree with me. In fact, it's probably better that you don't. I don't but. agree with you. But anyway, um, so yeah, so I think if you're going to pull Spencer Lee, then you have to. If you pull Spencer Lee, you're you're basically saying we're going all in this year. And if you're going to do that, you have to pull Warner. And for that to happen, you got to make sure now that you've got a you know a competent and competitive 184 pounder. Which I don't know what Wilkie certified at. Um, if he certified at 184, great. And yes, you do have the possibility of Pat Downing coming in, um, but he's still got a lot of things to overcome t- to get there. Okay, he's still got a lot of things to overcome. Um, but if he does get there and he does wrestle 184, then that lineup with Lee at 30 or Lee at 25, um, you know, Locks at 33. I think Vince Turk is actually could actually be a pretty good 141 pounder. She's such a deep weight. Yeah. Yep. Great point there. Um, obviously, Sorensen then Kimmer. Uh, if if Alex Marinelli is is healthy and ready to go at sixty five, at seventy four you're going to either have Gunther or Caleb Young. I think Caleb Young. Bump up. Um, and then you you look at Pat Downey and then Jacob Warner and Sam Stoll. That is their best lineup they, they that they could put out. It's a good lineup. And in my opinion, agreed completely. In that's, my, a, that's a that's a that's that a, is a that's a trophy contender. That's a lineup. third or fourth place lineup. So in here's my, my thought though: Do you even make a decision then before you know the status of Pat Downey? That's a good question. That's a great question, actually. Which Look, will be, I mean, not too far off. I mean, we're we're in late November. Right. You know, finals are coming around the corner. I, I if if I was smart, which you know they don't have a history of pulling these freshmen out of red shirt. Um, if they do, it's not going to be until after the Midlands tournament at minimum. Right. At minimum. So that's the end of December, going into January, which that. is when second semester starts anyway. So. I think we're going to know more then. I think you'll see if Lee can wrestle, you'll see him wrestle at the Midlands. I'm sure we're going to see Warner at the Midlands. Oh, I can't imagine he would The big difference between Lee and Warner, though, in my opinion, is the fact that Warner is wrestling now and beating top-level guys right now. Lee has yet to compete. So you just can't just pull him out and say, all right, we're going to pull you out in this duel coming up on Friday or whenever it is because – we're going to pull you out of red shirt. Send him to some open tournaments and let him get his feet underneath. No, he needs. Look, that would be silly. It would be silly if they pulled him out this week. He needs to wrestle an open and then maybe a Midlands tournament, or you know, he needs to get some. You got to see him. You got you got to see him before you make any decisions. We did that with Marinelli. You know, he wrestled. Uh, 
he wrestled a couple opens and then they made the de- decision that he wasn't ready, which, you know. Uh, he really wasn't. He it, wasn't, but at the no. same time, now I bet he wish, but they wish they would have wrestled him because maybe, remember, freshmen make bigger jumps than anybody else from the start of the season to the end of the season in college. It's, it's, it's especially true freshmen. There's no Miles Martin. It. Miles yeah. Martin There's is no a classic it. example. There's no denying it. Freshmen make bi- true freshmen make the biggest jumps. So, who knows? Tell me if you told me that Alex Marinelli All American last year, if he wrestles as a true freshman, I'm not shocked at all. And now you got now you're worried about a torn ACL. So I think I think to me, we're seeing guys that are so much more ready for college wrestling than they used to be. I I think if they, you know, especially the elite level guys, if they're healthy enough. You know, if they're healthy, you let them go because you never know. Spencer Lee could tear a labrum next year or tear something next year and not be able to go. And then all of a sudden you burned your red shirt and you wish you had it some other time. Yeah, great point. I can't wait to see what they end up doing. I mean, all kidding aside, I think I'm just curious if the culture is changing at Iowa because in the past it was we're not starting freshmen. You know, we're not going to start freshmen. The last freshman that they started was, as a true freshman, was Mako. Um, I would think that before that, it was probably Lincoln McElravey when he got pulled out of red shirt. I'm assuming, this is me assuming, I'm thinking it would have been McElravey before that. So Really? I mean, that's a, damn, that, that's a hard and fast rule. If it's literally been Mako and McElravey. I'm pretty, I'm almost, I am, I'm, I'm willing to go out there and say I'm 100% positive the last true freshman that they've started was McElravey. I'm sorry, Steve Mako. And before that, I would have to assume that the the, the last one before that would have been McElravey. I'm That's crazy. I'm just thinking. That's that's crazy to me. If I'm wrong on that stat, we got a we got a couple of Iowa fans that listen to this. If I'm wrong on that, let me know. I'm pretty. I know Mako's the last true freshman they wrestled because even Metcalf wasn't a true freshman because he lost a couple. Yeah, of the, years. yeah, yeah. He lost a year. Um. So yeah, it was Mako, and then before that, I would assume it was McElravey. So that history is not on their side. So that that's why I said I'm wondering if the culture is changing. And no, I'm let me take that back. Let, let me let me just back up a second. For brands to turn Iowa back into one of the top programs in the country, not historically top programs, but one of the current top teams to overtake programs like Penn State, he's not he's going to have to be not so stoic in his ways. He's going to have to adapt, change be flexible and and do things that they're not that they are not used to doing at Iowa. No, I think flexibility is the, is, is the best word to describe it. I think you I think you need to be a little more flexible and and not make hard and fast rules. Um, so, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing I, I, and more than just because you know um, the fantasy aspect from wrestling. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to see it. I hope they pull them all. I hope they go guns a blazing. I think that they do too. I, I think because you know why. That's going to make, let's talk about a Michigan, let's talk about a Lehigh, let's talk about an Oklahoma State, let's talk about an Iowa, you know, let, let's talk about all those teams. Then we're talking about a real trophy race. Not just a, not just a t- championship race, but a trophy race. I wonder how much their decision to pull Warner, I wonder how much that will play into that is the fact that the last time that him and Colin Moore wrestled, Colin Moore teched him. Now granted, it was freestyle. But that's got to play into their minds a little bit. And if anybody, if anybody out Good there stat. is I not watching that. Colin Moore and and just understanding and knowing that he will be one of the most dominant wrestlers in NCAA this year, outside of your Rutherford Nolf nickel types, then you need to open your eyes because he's got offense for days. His pace on his feet is pretty much unmatched, especially at that weight class, and he. 
you've already said it before, it's very difficult to ride him. Once he figures out some, a few things on top, gets a little better on top, I mean, it's going to be unreal what this kid can do. But he will be one of the most dominant wrestlers this year, in my opinion. He absolutely will. And I forgot, that was a junior uh, trials? Yes. When he tagged him? Yeah. But here's the thing. What, you're not going to pull a dude because he can't win a title, but he can be a top three guy? Come on, dog. And, I, and that's, not, that's not aimed at you. I'm, that's aimed at, like, that's silly to think, oh, you know, let's think about what he could be. You know what he could be next year? Is whoops, uh... You know, preseason, I slip and I freaking break my ankle. No, I, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you one hundred percent there. And um, listen, I, the, the whole Iowa lineup is kind of a hot topic right now in the wrestling community. And I'm, you know, Flow Wrestling kind of talked about this on their recent episode. Um, I tuned into it for just a little bit, just just to kind of hear what they had to say. And it, they're kind of on the same page as everyone else. But uh, Willie Saylor made a made a great point. And I don't always agree with what Willie Saylor says. I love Willie. Okay, but I am going to say this. He made a great point that said, don't worry about what Spencer Lee and and Jacob Warner are going to do in 2022. Don't chase legacies, okay? Worry about what they can do this year because ultimately, like you've already you know mentioned with Marinelli and multiple other scenarios, um, multiple other times this has happened in college wrestling is that your next year is never guaranteed. So what can you do today? And Jacob Warner has already proven that he can beat upper level elite guys today. And the tales of Spencer Lee and what he was able to do um, at the Olympic training center are unreal. So if they can compete today, if they can go pull them, let them go. Can't imagine Spencer Lee can't compete today. That's pretty cool. Don't chase legacies. What you know? What are you waiting for? So I redshirted as a freshman, and I were you chasing a legacy? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I and I totally regretted it. It, it, it. So in my way at 125 was a um, he ended up being a, a three time NCAA qualifier. Won a couple matches at the NCAA tournament. Um, you know we battled in the room. He, he got the best of me, but you know I wasn't that far off. Truth be truth be honest. Um, but we were, we had a hole at 133. I went to a smaller school, right? They didn't fill a whole squad all the time. We had a hole at 133, and, they, and, and we, were, we were like, hey, we can win the region this year, which we could have. So their coaches were like, you want to go 33? Because I was doing decent at opens, you know, um, placed in an open or two and, you know, had some good wins. And, and not good, you know, good wins for me, right? Um, and they were like, you know, do you want to go 33? And I was like, no, um, I, 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 I want a red shirt. You know, and I qualified the next year. But you know what? I ended up getting, you know, had enough wrestling. And I only wrestled four years. I didn't wrestle my fifth year. I have I had a year of eligibility left um, when I transferred. I didn't wrestle my fourth year or fifth year because I just did not want to do it for that long. I wish – now I wish because maybe I wouldn't have qualified for the tournament, but I wish I would have wrestled um, my freshman year now. So I, you Good know, point. You can get burned out, man. You really who, can. Who was it? Uh, who's the guy from Junior Tech? Zach Epperly. Yeah, boom. You can you get know, freaking burnt out. Still had a year of eligibility. He said, I'm just tired of it. I'm, I'm burnt out. I'm tired of cutting weight. You'd see until he came back. But, I mean, you know, that was extenuating circumstance. But, dude. It happens. You, I tell you what. You, you get tired not being able to eat on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, Thanksgiving special right here. Uh, so, last question I want to ask you on the whole Iowa subject, and then we can get off. We've actually spent quite a bit of time talking about Iowa. It's a good thing, in my opinion. I think Iowa's a phenomenal topic. Um. How long of a leash do you think Brands is on right now? And and I'm saying that because... Great question. And just hear me out for a second. So, I mean, the Iowa wrestling program is historically used to being the dominant program 
in college. Now, don't get me wrong. Oklahoma State has been phenomenal as well. I think they hold the record for all-time you know, championships. Correct. Um, but Iowa went on a run that was unprecedented and may never be matched again. Now, Penn State is showing that it could be matched again, but they've still got a long time to go. And they... You know, Penn State could break, they could match Iowa, or they could fall victim to the Tiger Woods syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Um, So. You're saying they're going to get in a domestic dispute with their wife? (laughs) Get beat with a hockey stick or golf club or whatever it was? That wasn't really where I was going with that, but I I knew as soon as I said it, you were going to say that. I'm surprised you didn't say it. You're saying that Kale Sanders Sanders is going to sleep with a Waffle House waitress? I didn't say if that. If anybody's got the number to a good Waffle House waitress, we can really falter this shit quick. <laughs> is that how we... Is that, I'll take him. Is that the not, demise of Penn State? I'm not above getting a Waffle House waitress and Casey Cunningham together. <laughs> we get Sanderson hooked on pain meds and prostate and, and porn stars. <laughs> yeah. Give Bo Nickel a couple extra Grand Slam hey, breakfast. Hey, 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 hey. I got Bo on my fantasy team this year. I need every bit from him. But uh, seriously, look, um, you know, Iowa is historically used to being the premier program in college wrestling. I think their fans, uh, I feel bad for their fans, actually, because I think a lot of them are still living in the glory days right now. And But I, I do think that there's a big contingent of Iowa fans that are starting to realize, whoa, it, we're, not, we're, we're not it anymore. And... What do we do to get back to there? And you've got Tom and Terry as head coach and associate head coach, but you've got a young guy, an Iowa wrestler in the wings, and a guy like Mark Perry, who many programs would jump on to probably be the head coach. So how long of a leash do you think Brandon? Not is Illinois. On? Dumb, 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 dumb. Not Illinois. What is it, adapter parish? Or what's that What's that saying? You know, if you, if you don't adapt, like – I, so I don't know. I don't know, Ben. What is the what is the saying? I, I don't know, but but the, the premise is basically if you're not going, if you're not willing to adapt, is this like get off sh- shit or get off the pot? No, but if <laughs> if you don't adapt, you know. So and, and we've seen maybe maybe they're willing to adapt uh, with regards to his leash. I think it's got to be short. To me, it would be short. You know, it wasn't short three years ago. But look, they haven't won a title since when? Since the Metcalf days. Met- Metcalf days. Come on, guys. I mean, this is Iowa we're talking about here. I can't imagine that they're happy. I can't imagine that they're fans. I can't imagine that they're donors. I can't imagine that the administration is happy with what Brands has done. I can't imagine that anybody's happy with what Brands has done. Why would you be happy with what Brands has done if you're if you're used to Iowa's um, legacy? You, you know, you, you said that about the donors, though, but they've just raised millions of dollars to build a standalone wrestling complex in Iowa. And Brands has to be a big part of that. Yeah, because I think that they're worried about losing recruits, which they've been losing. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, so the, I, I don't know if they're quite putting it on Brands yet. And it's not fair to put it on Brands wholeheartedly, right? But who goes? No, I think it is. <laughs> who goes? I, I, who no, goes in the Browns? When the Browns have a terrible season, who goes? It ain't the players. It is fair to put it on brands. Okay. You're the one recruiting. You hire your staff. You're recruiting. You're coaching the guys. It is on the head coach more than anything else. It is on the head coach. You can't. Is it on the athletic director? You no, not at all. At Iowa. Me, no. You can't tell me it's on the wrestlers because it's been year after year for, for multiple years now. It's on the head coach. Okay. So that's just my opinion. Anyway. What, what type of leash you got him on? I said short. I want to say short leash. I, I don't want to say long leash. I don't want to say short leash. I, 
but I don't want to say in between leash either. I think he needs to, in my opinion, he needs to be on a short leash, but how much does his name recognition give him, get him credit with the administration and his close ties to Dan Gable? Dude, they're not landing big recruits. They landed Warner and Spencer Lee. Right, okay, right, right, right. Alex Marinelli was a big recruit. I'm talking about this year. They missed out on some big ones. They missed out on some really big ones that they thought they had. They got Patricio Lugo to transfer. They did? I'm just saying. They did? All right, all All right. right. Enough about uh, Iowa. We we talked about Iowa way more than I ever want to, but no, I'm glad that we did. All right, let's go ahead and move on from here. Um, speaking of fantasy wrestling, I um, was able to sit down this weekend, last weekend, and do uh, all the fantasy scoring updates. And since I know all the guys in the league listen to this podcast, give a little uh, little update on the scoring. Um, I'm in first. Uh, that is not the truth. Um, actually, you're kind of middle of the pack, middle of the road. That, yeah, that's typical, Ben. Middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, I like middle, being middle of the road. road. That's you know. cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm holding off till the NCAA's, baby. You keep telling everybody that you're uh, you're positioned, your your lineup's positioned to win the NCAA's. That's right. Yeah, because I need Spencer Lee to get pulled. <laughs> um, week one scoring updates, man. I'll tell you, Adam Price, aka the Price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> Price is, is wrong, Bob. The league right now, two hundred and nine points, man. You get. <laughs> You know what, though? You know why? That's a lot of points. You know why? Because his team wrestled the JV schedule. Well, I mean, uh, Ben Darmstadt just lit up the New York State championships with, like, three tech falls and two pens, or three pens and two tech falls. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and that he's got some Missouri guys as, as well, and Missouri hasn't wrestled really the, the toughest schedule yet. They wrestled but, Mo um, Baptist. Ooh, tough team right there. Um, Adam, first place, uh, got a commanding lead, about a 60-point lead over second place, myself. All right. That's okay. I'm right where I want to be. Um, third place after uh, week one, Dan Ranzik. And then after that, old Greg Papa Pitt. Yeah, Papa Pitt's got a decent team this year. Yeah. Fifth place, Ben. What up, what up, what up? That's Watson, right, baby. Hey, I like it. Fifth out of twelve. All right, I'm I'm in nice position. Sixth place, about a hundred points out of first is uh, Earl Smith. Man, Earl, I was expecting more from Earl. you at this point. Um, he must he must not have read his bedtime brackets. I don't think he was reading much, paying attention. Um, old man Steve after Earl, then uh, Kevin Clonch leading the Blood Round podcast <laughs> in eighth place in the league. How many points? points. Ninety four points. He didn't so, even have a hundred yet. No, and the leader has 209 points. Um, after after Kevin, Frank Baxter, man. Frank the Tank, who normally He's is always last terrible. place. He's always terrible, though. Is uh, in, uh, in 11th place right now, so uh, good for him. Or, no, I'm sorry, 9th place. And then after that, we got uh, Justin drop. Sage, oh, 67 oh. points. He's got then, he's got a couple babies though, doesn't he have two? He's got one. One, oh yeah, one. I got two kids too, Mo. <laughs> yeah, that's, now that's a, that's a newborn over there. <laughs> um, eleventh place, baby Pitt Grant with thirty five points. He's still he's wrestling, so he's busy. <laughs> and then the caboose of the <laughs> fantasy wrestling league points. after one week with twenty nine and a half points is none other than Tommy Baranowski from the second half of the Blood Round. Podcast. How do you have twenty nine and a half points? That's awful. So, um, shout out to everyone. It's been a fantastic, uh, fantastic couple of weeks of fantasy wrestling so far. Uh, listen, Kevin, Tommy, you guys got a great podcast. We appreciate the great shirts, but your fantasy team sucks. So I'm gonna need you to pay a little more attention and get on the wagon <laughs> a little bit on this. <laughs> yeah, they'll make some moves. Actually, I think there have been a couple moves already made. <laughs> yeah. I know. 
<laughs> Tommy really uh, earth-shattering move. Picked up Xander Wick at 149. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> we picked up somebody that was redshirting. So <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Hey, um, speaking of Michigan guys, you know the Blood Round boys. Yeah, Michigan. Uh, <laughs> they well, they had a duel this week. Actually, speaking of Michigan, this weekend was bad for Michigan in general because both premier wrestling programs in the state of Michigan. Kind of got their butts handed to them this weekend. Who, Central and Michigan? Yeah. Uh, well, Michigan wrestled Lehigh, and then Central Michigan took on Virginia Tech. And yeah. And it wasn't and pretty both ways. Good. It wasn't yeah. pretty both ways at all. But talk to me about Michigan, man. And God. I say that because, look, back in June, July, August, we're doing these preseason podcasts, and it's like, whoa, Michigan on paper, they're going to get a trophy this year. They got a, this great team. You know, they just. And they challenge for the title. I wasn't saying that, but it's a good point. All right, I mean, there's a lot. Go- they had a lot of returning All Americans, you know. They did, um, and then they have not had the best start to the season. They just, first of all, you know, Alec Pantaleo coming out of red shirt or coming back from red shirt um, after All Americaning a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, he's up a weight at 157 pounds, but. I don't think he's had the start to the season that he was hoping for. And then on top of that, they went out and wrestled Lehigh this past weekend, and it was just it, – it was 27 it, to 8. It was bloody. 27 to 8. I it, mean, that's – It was a massacre. That, that ain't good. And, and, and could it be that maybe Lehigh didn't – or Lehigh matched up really well against them? You would think that. No, I don't think that's yeah, what it you is. would think that, and and that's and that's not that's not right. Because it was their big guys lost. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, all right. Uh, Michigan, they made the move that we all expected them to make. They pulled uh, young Drew Maddox out of red shirt at 125. Drew Matten, he's a— Yeah, Drew Matten, I'm sorry. No, it's good. He, he's a real tough guy from Ohio. He's a true freshman. Um, they had uh, a guy by the name of Acid there, another Ohio guy. I think that it's just, you know, a lot of injuries with Acid. I, I, you know, so they had, to, they had to go with the hand they had dealt. But Matten's been pretty hot lately. He's already got a win over ranked Sean, Sean Russell. Russell. Um, so, all America. Yeah, and I think they're kind of going, look, they're putting, like we just talked about with Iowa, they're putting all their chips on the table, and they're saying, we won a trophy this year. Smart. You know, because they got some guys who are going to be leaving the program after this year, and um, Abinader, Beasley, and Kuhn, just to name a couple. Um, so they pull Matten's red shirt. You know, a, a tough, tough match to pull his red shirt against. He's going up against yeah. the returning national champ yeah. and Darian Cruz. You know, loses the match seven to nothing. Okay, yeah, I would that expect that. Tell me much. I would expect yeah, that. That doesn't tell me much. You know, at thirty three, they don't have Michik wrestling against Scotty Parker, and Scotty Parker is one of the top guys in the country. So obviously, he's going to win the match. Why wasn't Michik wrestling? Do you know? I have no clue. I have no clue at all. Um, I, whatever it is, I hope it's nothing serious. Well, gosh, we we all hope that. You know, because he's actually one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, at forty one and forty nine, you know, both teams. Don't really have what I would call premier guys at either one of those weight classes. Well, let me tell you this: they were supposed to both be toss-up matches, in, right. my, in my opinion. And Luke Karam beat uh, Profaci nine to two, and uh, Schuler beat uh, Malik Amin, the, the brother of Miles Amin, eight to three. So if toss, those don't seem like toss-up matches to me. No, Karam is actually a highly, you know, a highly. A highly recruited guy from sure. Pennsylvania. Yeah. I mean, he's got some, you know, he's got some history behind him. He's got some credentials, so I can understand that match at one forty one, um, one forty nine. I don't know what to make of Malik Amin, to be truthfully honest. Well, I mean, he didn't do a ton last year either. I mean, no. But yeah. the big one, you know, the big thing that just keeps making me scratch my head was at, at one fifty seven when Alec Pantaleo lost to Ian Brown. 
And to me, that's a shocker. Well, I think Ian Brown hit him with a with a six pointer, and you know that's in the nature of the game now. When it, these aren't even five pointers, these are six pointers, and he loses seven to five. It's it's tough to come back from. Yeah, and truth and truth be told, Pantaleo hasn't been really known as a guy that's going to light up the scoreboard. He likes to hold position, hold position, and make it a one or two takedown match. And unfortunately, it it continues to bite him in the ass. Yeah, I mean, I see Pantaleo probably flipping that match next time they wrestle. At 65, look, Logan Mass is one of the top guys in the country, um, and so no matter who they were going to throw out there. Why isn't Gordon Wolf wrestling? I mean, I, I know they got Cole Walter out there, but, you know, Gordon Wolf, he seems to have had better results than Walter. I don't know. Walter wrestled for him, I think, last year as well. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's actually a great question. I'm not really sure. I don't know if maybe he's injured or not right now. Um, he actually has been the starter for them at 165 this year. Uh, he wrestled in the duel against Bucknell when he had a win against, uh, I think it was Hollingshead. Um, and then he competed against Edinburgh when he majored, ranked Austin Matthews sixteen to eight. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So and I don't. I, I don't know. And then you know he was also at the Journeyman Classic, I believe, um, where his only loss he took was against Dave McFadden. Yeah. I, I don't think it's an injury. I think that what happens is you know Wolf and probably Walter are probably close in wrestle offs, and you know maybe they're going with Wal- going with Walter. But to me. Gordon Wolf's had a hell. Of, he he beat Austin Matthews from Edinburgh by major. Th- I think it was thirteen to six. It was sixteen to eight. Sixteen to eight. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of kind of close, I guess. But um, you know, I I don't know why they're not wrestling him there. You know what's funny though? I was thinking about this this weekend um, when I was watching some of these matches and going through all the results. Lehigh always has a litany of guys from about one forty nine to one sixty five really that are so interchangeable. You know, they really whether do. it's the you know. Uh, who was Minotti? Yep. You know whether it's Minotti or a Cole Walter or a Gordon Wolf, Ian uh, Brown, Ian I mean, Brown. Yeah. You know, last year you had Jordan Cutler down at one fifty-seven. So they always just have this. And I think you know what? At one point in time, they had Lake Gardner. Lake Gardner, he was yeah. a, a 40, 49 pounder. Forty-nine pounder. Yeah. Forty-nine pounder. So they always have this. You know. Big group of guys around those weights that are probably so interchangeable and could start for the majority of college programs out there that, you know, you're probably right. They probably are very close in the wrestle-offs. Um, but speaking of Jordan Cutler, let's talk about him for a second because I think this match at 174 pounds was a very telling telling match. Jordan Cutler last year as a freshman – you know, start of the season, didn't wrestle much, went out to the scuffle, had a phenomenal Southern scuffle. Um, I think he is the one that gave Joey LaValle his only loss on the year before the national tournament, right? That's right. Um, and then and he also beat um, um, he beat I think he beat the dude from Cornell too. Um, Palacio? Palacio, not Palacio. Maybe uh, maybe it was uh, Walmack, but Walmack was at fifty-seven. Uh, either way, I maybe I'm getting stuff wrong, but yeah, but no, he beat I a couple different really that. good guys. So. You know, he had this great season last year, at least start to the season. Um, and then after he had that amazing scuffle where he beat Joey LaValle, we didn't see him wrestle again because of an injury, and then he failed to make weight, you know, come conference time. Yeah, because, because now he's wrestling 74. And he's wrestling 74. And he has been pretty much on fire to start the season. And this was a fantastic win for him over returning All-American, fourth place All-American, All-American. Miles Amin. Who was, who was ranked, you know, he was ranked He was ranked fourth as, uh, at the time that Jordan Cutler beat him. Now Cutler is ranked um, fourth. I can tell you right now, Cutler is ranked uh, fifth in, by Intermat uh, behind Daniel Lewis. 
and then Amin is ranked sixth. That's and I think, I yeah, I think Flo actually has Cutler ranked fourth. Yeah. Um, he's, I, dude, I mean, personally, I think if you're, we're splitting hairs over rankings, but I think Daniel Lewis needs to be ranked fourth, in my opinion. He's a two time All American. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. I, I like the fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think you punish Amin for losing the match. No, it was five to four. Right, you know, let's 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 be happy for Jordan Cutler. Let's realize that he is in the mix at that weight class to compete for a high All American status. Um, probably not top three, at least you know based on what we know right now. But um, it's a really nice win to go out there and be uh, uh, returning All American five to four. Um, you know, up two weight classes from last year. I got my eye on Cutler, and I also got my eye on the next guy too. I really like Ryan Preish. Yeah, you were Preish. Big- yeah, you were a big fan of him last year, and for him to go out and get the win against Abinator, I mean, that, that that's a statement win because many people had Abinator penciled in as probably the you know third or fourth best guy at 184 pounds. Yeah, and, and, and rightfully so. Look, Dominic Abinator is one of those guys that just hasn't put it together at the NCAA tournament. He's been ranked, I think, probably, you know, I, I think he was probably seated every NCAA tournament he's wrestled. Uh, he hasn't been able to put it together. Um, you know, but he's he's a really solid wrestler. So for Ryan Preach to bump up a weight and then go out and beat a guy like Abinator, who's just a hammer on top, uh, and those are both matches that let, let's they could on be paper flipped. they could be flipped. No, no, no. I'm no, yeah, I, I agree with that. But I'm saying on paper, going back to the Lehigh Michigan duel, you asked me to pick. I'm picking a mean and Abinator. I know I'm I'm picking a you know a mean. I, I'm. I'm probably not giving Cutler enough respect just because of the fact that we didn't get to see him at the NCAA tournament last year, and he's up two weights. So I probably would be like preach Abinator real close. I like Amin by maybe a three, but I was wrong. You know, Amin was extremely impressive last year, especially to end the season. Um, he really was. I'm he really biased. was. I'm impressed. a little biased. Obviously, Jordan Cutler's on my fantasy team, so I'm glad well, I got Amin on mine. That so. he won that <laughs> match. Um, you know, but. I actually favored Preach over over Abinator in that 184 pound match. Did you? I think Preach had a phenomenal season last year, he really, and did. then unfortunately just didn't. You know, things just didn't go his way at the national tournament, and that's you know, unfortunately, that's what you're remembered by. All right, that's that's what people remember. You start the season season. The rankings are based off of how the national tournament ended last right. year, um, and I think people forget how actual. You know how actually great he was. You know, think about the scuffle that he had. Mark Hall beat. Mark Hall beat until he, he got, got caught. mixed. Cement mixer. He exactly. got mixed, and then he tweeted like, "Hey!" And then he got pinned by um um who who was the guy? That, who was seventy fourth Cornell guy? Uh, Womack. Uh, no, no, it was, uh, uh, real Buto. Real Buto. He got Ro- defensive pin. Yeah, defensive Ro- pin after when he was winning. And then he tweeted, "Does anybody else want to pin me or something like that?" No, he, he tweeted. He tweeted, "Who else wants to be winning the entire match and then get defensive pin?" <laughs> <laughs> He's got a good sense of humor. Who else wants to be losing the entire match? Yeah, and then get the defensive pin. Uh, no, I do like him. Um, uh, so I would have actually favored though Preach in that match against Abinator. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. You think Cutler might make make the jump? I, I, they definitely. I listened to interviews with uh, Cutler and Preach um, after their first duel. They're both certified a weight class below. Um, it looks like Cutler can handle himself at seventy four. Um, Preach looks a little bit like he he probably is he probably is more of a seventy four pounder. Now he's put on some mass. Uh, I I definitely am not concerned about him at eighty four, but I like him better as a seventy four pounder. Um, but I'm not sure Cutler. You know, it, to me Cutler, it sounds like he does just doesn't want to cut much weight. And who can you blame, dude? If you go through a year where you're just miserably cutting weight to make fifty seven, where the point where you can't even make the fucking weight for the um for the um excuse me there for the uh, conference tournament, he's probably like. 
65 ain't even going to do it for me, dude, because I'm still cutting weight. I'm going up 74. Now, he might end up going down to 65. What both of them said, and they're very diplomatic about it, Cutler said, I- I'm going to see how I feel at 74, and we'll make a decision maybe um, after the uh, semester if I'm going to drop down to 65. And, and then I think if Cutler drops down to 65, we're probably going to see Preach drop to 74. And I like them both at those weights as well. Um. Look, my thought on that is, look, I think 165 is actually one of the deepest weight classes in the NCAA this year. Oh, man. Okay? Um, and you're already showing that you can beat top-level guys because he's, he, he's got that win against Amin. Sure. Um, he's got another win against, obviously not ranked as high and hasn't All-American in the past, but a very solid Jacoby Smith from Oklahoma State. So he beat Jacoby Smith. He's beaten Amin. He's showing he can handle that you know, handle himself at 174. So in my opinion, there's really no reason to go down. And I think people forget Jordan Cutler was a phenomenal big time recruit. Actually, he was a two time national prep champ, um, three time national trip, uh, national prep placer, uh, for Blair Academy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, uh, you know, he was at the Ironman a few times. Um, he was a Fargo All-American, Cadet National Champion. I think he was actually, you know, ranked within the top one, two, or three people at his weight class coming out of high school. So there's really, he's got the pedigree. He's showing he can win matches against sure. the upper level, upper echelon guys at 174. There's no reason to drop him at this point. Well, what surprised me was that I didn't realize that he was dictating, you know, that he was dictating where people will go. But it sounds like he is. You know, because if he jumps to 74 and preaches like, all right, I'll go 84, it sounds like he's dictating Good point. where they're going. Good point. Um, so, you know. And if Preach continues to so- show success at 184 in a weight class that after the top two is kind of a free-for-all wide after open. that, it's wide open. And Preach can beat anybody, I think, probably Bo Nickel at that weight. I really think he can. And and that's me. Wow. That's me, <laughs> as, that's me as a Buckeye homer saying it. You know. I like Preach a lot. Yeah, you, you've always been high on Preach, um, and, and I, I'm going to agree with you. I think right now Bo Nichols, obviously the cream of the crop there. I think Miles Martin has shown a propensity to lose matches early in the season. Sure. Um, so I am I will not be surprised if he loses a match here and there. Um, but my Mar is typically he a gamer. Right now, He's a though. gamer, and, he, and, and that's what I was getting to. He is looking really good. He's grown into that weight yeah. class. He... His attacks, he's got such a variation of attacks to both sides. Right, I was saying that last, yeah, last night. Yes, yeah. expand upon it. Well, no, I, I was just saying, to jump to a little bit about Mymar is that, you know, not only does he hits every move to both sides. So he's got a high crotch to the opponent's right leg. He's got a high crotch to the opponent's left leg. He's got a single to the opponent's right leg, a single to the opponent's left leg. Now they're varied. They're different, right? He doesn't hit the same high crotch that he hits to the right that he does to the left, but he can attack both legs. And so we coaches, high school coaches especially love when you can attack both sides. But you got to love that not only can he attack both sides, but he attacks both sides with two different types of attacks, and they're both different. They're both varied. Mymar it just looks... He looks phenomenal. Now he's wrestled. Who's his best best opponent? Cordell Norfleet, probably who he pinned, and then he wrestled. Well, a couple, sure, he wrestled a couple guys. So we don't know. He's yet. gonna be tested though, come Cliff Keen, because you're gonna have guys like an Abinator there and multiple other guys. Well, I think uh, Virginia Tech's there. You're gonna have Zavatsky, Zavatsky there again. Yeah. And Zavatsky beat him last year, so he's gonna get tested there. But right now, from what I've seen from him, he's looking really good. And hey, let's not forget, aside from his attacks from both sides, my mark can go upper body with the best of them. Yeah, he well, yeah, just ask Bo Nickel. Um, <laughs> I. So here's what I'm looking for um, from Mymar. Has he separated himself to where, like, it's Bo Nickel is 1A and he's 1B and then it's everybody else? 
Um, we'll find that out at Cliff Keen. And when we find that out, I, I can't wait. And I'm going to give you my opinion right now. And it, it just goes back. I'm just going to reiterate what I said a couple of minutes ago. You know, I think after the top two guys, yeah, yeah. 184 is wide open. And I think a guy like Preach showing he can beat a guy like Abinader, who's been a Big Ten champ um, in, in the past. And Zavatsky, who, in my opinion, Zavatsky has not had the greatest start to the season. And you've already got a guy like Drew Foster, who was an All-American last year. And speaking of upsets, just got beat by the freshman Max Dean of Cornell. Yeah. You know, things like that. You know, Emory Parker, who was not an All-American last year, but, you know, was able to defeat Miles Martin at the national tournament, just got beat by Ricky Robertson. So you're seeing, you know, that after those top couple of guys, it's wide open. So my question to you is, is it Bo Nickel and Mymar – one A, one B, and his preach now. I forgot about Pete, Pete Randa. Okay, yeah, Pete yeah, Randa. that and he and the reason why I said that is because he kind of throws a monkey wrench into a lot of things. Yeah, that's a really good point. He beat Mymar last time they wrestled in folk. In folk, in free Mymar beat him. You know, and, and, and uh, uh, reiterate your position. Preach ranked fourth right now. Right, so fourth in the country. Why the hell are you? Why the hell are you dropping? I, I honestly think yeah, exactly. So I would go one A, one B with Mymar and Bo, and then two A, two B with. Preach and Renda. Preach Renda. And even Abinator, you know, is kind of at 3 1 win. You know, but then after that, yeah, yeah, okay. It's wide open. Yeah. It's wide open. It really is. I mean, you got guys like Jordan Ellingwood, Nick Arena, Max Dean, Ricky Robertson uh, rounding out your top 10. All right. So, real quick, um, you know, we're kind of about an hour deep in this podcast. Um, I got to be honest with you, Ben. I've enjoyed the conversation we've had. This has actually been just a wide open conversation. I like it. A lot of Iowa. Real quick, let's. Let's talk a little Penn State for a second. Okay. Okay. Um, we talked about earlier, Penn State just recently competed at the Keystone Classic, um, and they completely dominated the tournament. Um, when you talk about their big four, and I'm saying big four, they were actually without Vincenzo Joseph. You know, between the four of them, Rutherford, Nolf, Nickel, and Mark Hall, 17 matches wrestled, 13 pins, three tech falls, and a major decision. That's that's extremely impressive no matter what tournament you're wrestling in. Um, I think we found out. A couple of other things about them in this tournament, though. One, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of, I guess, confusion or maybe speculation about 197 pounds. You had Matt McCutcheon, who's been a multiple-time round of 12 guy for them at multiple different weights, I believe. And he's kind of the guy that just kind of goes where, you know, everybody else dictates the spot. And then McCutcheon goes he where the open in. spot, you yeah. know, the open spot is. And he's filled in admirably. Exactly. Um, was ranked fourth in the country. And then, you know, you've got the up-and-coming Kassar. Finally who, seems to be healthy. Who seems to be healthy. Exactly right there. He had a lot of shoulder um, injuries. You know, rumor is Kassar beat him up in the wrestle-off. And I say beat him up, maybe just beat him. You know, I don't know whether it was close or not close. Um, and Kassar has been starting the duels. He, you know, has that loss against Gavin Hoffman from I think Binghamton. Is it Binghamton or Bucknell? I think it was Bucknell that he lost to. Yeah, uh, he did. He lost to Bucknell. Was it Bucknell? Um, <clears throat> but then goes out to the Keystone Classic and Kassar wins it. And along his way, he actually beats McCutcheon in the semifinals, and then he b- beats you know twelfth ranked Frank Matthias or Matthias. I like to say Matty Ice. Is it Matty Ice? No, Matty Ma- Ice? It's Matty Ice, yeah. Um, from Penn Mateus. In, in the finals and actually beat him pretty handily. Yeah, you know, Anthony Kassar is uh, he's a nice little gift to the Penn State wrestling program if if he's going to be better than um, um, 
then oh my goodness, I'm already I'm already losing McCutcheon. McCutcheon. Yeah, because McCutcheon was around a twelve guy last year. So you know, it stands to reason that Kassar's probably in that now he's ranked eleventh, so it sounds like around a twelve guy to me. Um you know, it stands to reason that Penn State's going to get a little bit of a bump there. Look, this weight class, you know, after five, you know, you got Jake Smith, Roeder, Machiavello, Matt Williams from Bakersfield, Cash Wilkie. It's I mean, a toss-up. Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's wide open dude, after that. Dude, you put, yeah. Honestly, after, so the top two, open. after the top two, it's wide open in my opinion. I, I mean, I'm not sure if Kassar's beating a Miklas or a Weagle, but, you know. What I'm saying is, is I think, Look, I think Colin Moore is definitely one. All right, one. Yeah. I think Jared Hot is two, in my opinion. And I know you and I probably may disagree on that. Um, no, it's I go two A, two B with him and Miklas. I'm going to disagree with you. That's fine. That's, that's yeah, awesome. That's cool. We can definitely we can definitely disagree. I'm going to disagree with you there, especially the way if you actually watch the match against Miklas and Warner, Miklas looked like he didn't even want to wrestle anymore. I, mean, I watched it. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I watched it. I don't believe you. But um, I might have been uh, a couple beers deep, but I watched. You're always a couple beers deep, uh, but I, I think 197 is going to be an interesting weight class to see how it plays out this year because of the lack of depth. Lack of depth in that weight class. It's an awful weight class. Man. It's really an awful weight class after the top few. I, I'm sorry to say. It, no, it is. You're absolutely right. So, um, I think Penn State figured out a little bit more about their team this weekend. I think they know who their 97-pounder is for now. I think McCutcheon is still going to have a couple of words to say about that as the season goes along because there is something to be said about a senior who's made the round of 12 multiple times who's never All-American before, as we learned last year with guys like Zach Brunson, Georgie DiCamillo, amongst others. I'm just curious if you're Kale, if you're the head coach, and the wrestle-off is close, and every time they wrestle in an open tournament, it's close. Do you continue to let Kassar take the spot, or do you give it to the senior who's been to the national tournament, knows what it's like, and has been this just just centimeters away from getting uh, on Kenny the podium? Kenny Quartz away. Kenny Quartz got on the podium, bro. Kenny Quartz beat him to get on the podium. Okay. <laughs> That's what I mean. He was a Kenny Quartz away. So Kenny, what do you a do Kenny Quartz low single away. What do you do if you're Kale? Um, I'd want to see them against common opponents. I'd have to really look at common opponents. I'm going to throw out their matches because they're so close. They're so close. I think the wrestle-off was close. Their match at the Keystone Classic was close, although I think that Kassar did look better than um, McCutcheon in their match. I, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I, it's up to you if you want to break that match down, but I, I, I don't really care to. But it was close. And but Kassar looked better. Kassar looked like he could score at will. I think that's a great point right there. And also, I just want to throw out there: Kassar looks like a legitimate 197 pounder. Well, yeah, he's, he's tall, tall. He's muscular. He's, he's tan. Lean. He's got nice hair. Oh, he's got that Jersey thing going yeah, on, doesn't dude, he? he? God. But is he an all flash and no substance type guy? I want to see. Look, let's see him wrestle. He's a, couple. a junior rule team member. I know. I know. A long time ago. McCutcheon, on the other hand, is short. All right, McCutcheon. Stumpy. McCutcheon's he's playing baseball this Kinda year. Kind of bald. <laughs> I like think he shaves his head. I don't think he's bald. Honestly, when I was watching him wrestle Kassar, I had to I had to clear my eyes. I thought that was you out there. <laughs> I wouldn't have lost. <laughs> yeah, you would have. I don't know, bro. I really don't know. I do know. I've seen you wrestle now. <laughs> In fact, you just ran upstairs to do this podcast and you were huffing and puffing at yeah, the top I mean, of the stairs. I mean, you know, give me a couple of weeks to get back into shape. <laughs> anyway. Um, um yeah, but I I'm interested to see and, and I don't you know, all right, we'll see. How did Cortez do versus, you know, is uh, are they going to pull Nick Lee? Penn State's got some – here's the thing. Penn State's got some holes. 
they definitely have some holes, but at the same time, they also got some uh, they got some answers too. I think Keener's I think Keener's looking pretty decent. He's okay. He's all right. Um, I mean, I don't think he looks much worse than the Buckeyes one to thirty three. But you know that's for another day. I mean, Keener didn't win the Keystone Classic, so yeah. just throwing well, that out there. Well, he lost to Rao, didn't he? And Tay Rao didn't win the Keystone Classic. Maybe, maybe he didn't lose to Terrell. DeSanto ran through that tournament. Yeah. So, so y- you brought up Cortez at one forty one, and I think this is another interesting situation for Penn State. You got a guy like Cortez, who's a senior, who's not wrestled. I think he's wrestled thirty matches in his career. Is okay? he a senior or a junior? I think he's a senior. Damn, that's okay. Crazy. He's wrestled thirty matches in his career. Um, he's battled injuries. He's had a nice start to the season, albeit he has not wrestled anyone of note to this point. He did win the Keystone Classic against relatively inferior competition. You've got a guy in freshman Nick Lee who, if rumor is true, beat him up pretty good in the wrestle-off. I was a little surprised not to see Nick Lee at this open tournament, so I'm not sure what's going on there. What do you do? And I guess... To make that a two-fold question. You better pull Nick Lee and wrestle him. Because. Because Ohio State's coming, son. Do you. you oh, man. I want to say yes. I, you're right. They are coming. But I keep going back to 13 pins, three tech falls, one major decision. I don't care how many pins, tech falls, and major decisions did we get yesterday against similar opponents. I'm telling you, dude. Ohio State We didn't get coming. any at 125. We didn't get any at 133. Uh, well, we didn't get any at 141. We didn't wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> if if you want to talk there. about our 125 pounder, uh, he's not wrestling right now. Our 141 pounder is uh, going to compete for uh, the United States here in a couple of days. No, I know. I was just kind of. I'm just throwing it out there, man. Yeah, man. So I, what? What Penn do you State's do? What do you do? Out. Penn State's got to throw their team out because if they don't and they lose, they're going to be. I mean, it's going to. They're going to regret uh, it. Yeah, they're going to regret it. All right. I can get down with that. So I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how far are we pretty deep into this thing. Yep, we are. Um, so, so Oklahoma State beat Minnesota thirty to three. I just wanted to say that that is crazy. That's a we, blowout. We didn't have to go into it, but uh, that's crazy. And also, if you haven't watched the but match, the three points, go that, back and watch that match. Piccinini versus Lezak match. Yeah. Good God. So here, no, I'm glad you brought that up. So I got to ask you this. So Piccinini is dominating Lezak on his feet. In the first period, I think it was like eight to one after the first period. It was eight to one, completely dominating him. He gets choice in the second and he defers, which you know Lezak's going to go top. All right, Lezak goes top and changes the match dramatically. Not only does he take momentum, he takes the lead. He does not take the lead. He does not take the lead. I just watched the match. Was it eight to seven? Yeah, he scored seven. He scored six points in the last forty seconds. Okay, so he makes it eight to seven. Okay. Takes the momentum away, ultimately wins the match. So hindsight being twenty twenty, if you're pitching instead of deferring to start a second, do you take neutral? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to continue. I'm up eight one. I'm going to take you down again, and then it's going to be ten to one. I might get another quick uh, cheap tilt, and then it's going to be fourteen to one, and then I'm going to cut you and I'm going to take you down again, and I'm going to attack you. And at worst, let's say at worst, you make it thirteen to. 13 or 14 to 3 going into that third period. Right. That gives you a much bigger cushion. Then you just lay on your stomach. <laughs> you just lay there. Yeah. You literally just turtle shell. <laughs> um, yeah. That was, I can't. When he deferred, and not, not just in the afterthought, and this is me watching it live when he deferred, I said, you should have took neutral. You should have just kept running the score up. That's what I thought. Uh, very fair. So, Any other takes from that match? Yeah. yeah. I love Gio Martinez. He's on your fantasy team. He was wrestling yeah. Hunter Marco, man. No, Dean Heil continues to be boring as shit. Pissing me off, you know. He beats Tommy Thorne three to one. 
And uh, but he's never in danger. I know. He's never in any danger of losing a match. And his composure, no matter what the situation is in any match, especially against an All American like Tommy Thorne, he he dude, he's got ice in his veins. He does. And then Cade Brock had a nice match with Mitch McKee. That's all I have to say. I don't want. I don't want to make this up any longer than it needs to be. All right. I guess that's Ben telling us. That's all we got for you today, guys. <laughs> So as always, it's been a blast. This has been episode number 44 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. Um, Hope you enjoyed it. Hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, best of luck to all the competitors for the United States that will be competing at the U23 World Championships over the next couple of days. And um, that's all we got. As always, don't wind up on your back, bro. See you next week.